We have a great guest for you today. She's interior designer, Kelly Wurstler. But before we get to our chat, I want to tell you a little bit about Grammarly. With everything at work and in life in general now being done remotely, it's more important than ever to communicate accurately and effectively. That's why I'm so grateful for Grammarly. Whether you're communicating with your team online or working on a project, Grammarly is the digital writing tool you can always rely on to get your message across clearly and effectively. Grammarly works across multiple platforms, including Gmail, Google Docs, and Slack. It's the digital writing assistant that helps more than 20 million people put their best words forward. Signing up for a Grammarly account is free and gives you real-time spelling and grammar checks as you write. Do you want deeper insights on your writing? Grammarly Premium gives you advanced feedback on tone, word choice, punctuation, and more. Grammarly has been incredibly intuitive to learn. I rely on it every day and it's helped me make communicating with my friends and colleagues just so much easier. So Girlboss Radio listeners get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at Grammarly.com slash Girlboss. That's 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com slash Girlboss. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash Girlboss. Hey, it's your girl, Sophia Amoruso, founder and CEO of Girl Boss Radio, and this is Girl Boss Radio, as you can probably guess, because you're either a subscriber, you found us, and you pushed play, and thank you for doing that. By now, a lot of us have been cooped up for many weeks, practicing some variety, hopefully, of social distancing or self-quarantine, and if you're not going stir-crazy yet, you're probably looking around your apartment or house thinking, oh my god, What a mess. How can I make this space more functional and beautiful and feel bigger if I'm going to be stuck here all day? Well, today's show will offer plenty of answers because we have a very special guest joining us. Kelly Wurstler is an interior design icon who knows a thing or two about turning a space into an Instagrammable and livable moment. Her provocative and influential aesthetic has touched everything from high-profile celebrity homes to impeccably chic hotels and retail spaces. You've probably seen one of her most recent projects, the Santa Monica Proper Hotel, all over your Instagram feed. Today we chat with Kelly to get some pro design tips on how to make our homes a bit more quarantine cozy. We talked about how to put our leisure time to good use by tapping into our creative side, why Kelly believes education is critical to becoming a successful designer, and what she really thinks about the millennial design aesthetic that you're seeing everywhere these days. Find out shortly as we get to the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. What are you doing during this pandemic quarantine time to take care of yourself at home? I've just been, I mean, really, I, I need to start planning. I just have been spending a lot of time with with my family and cooking, which I never, ever do. And I actually love it. And um, and then just kind of getting our office in the studio. I mean, getting, I have 50 people at my studio and getting everyone to work from home has been uh, a lot of work and kind of restructuring and and providing the creative leadership through, you know, virtual meetings. And so just busy with that, but I'm going to be starting self-care very soon. 
but nobody's available. I know, I know, I know. But how are you doing? Just how are you in the midst of this? Um, good. I mean, really good. And just thankful that, you know, everyone I know is healthy and, and, um, it's an unfortunate time because I have a lot of friends and, and some, and family that's, you know, their jobs have been impacted and their businesses. And so just for everyone, it's just an unfortunate time, but we have to look at the silver lining and, and I think everyone, like just everything was going a million miles a minute and just to have this like gentler pace and really looking at what's important and, and how you want to operate like the rest of your life and, and just what's important. I mean, really. Um, so how does this affect a business that, you know, your business is all about real spaces, being in a space with other people, creating spaces that people occupy, you have 50 people. How is this affecting your business right now? Are you designing spaces virtually? Yes. I mean, all of our projects um, are continuing and um, we have two commercial projects that have paused and, but they're going to start up again, actually in about two weeks, because I think just the initial shock, everyone was just, didn't know how to respond. Uh, But we are just continuing to, um, to design. And, uh, you know, I've always wanted to work from home one day a week. And this has truly showed me that it can be done. And uh, we're doing online, um, you know, using Zoom and um, uh, just going through the regular processes. And we're tag teaming at the studio. Like I was at the studio yesterday preparing sketches and, and documents. And somebody will come from another team and pick those up. So we still are accessing the studio, but doing it very thoughtfully. Yeah. How do you think this pandemic will change the interior dis- design space? Do you, do you feel like it will kind of just for now, or do you think that'll continue to last? I think it'll continue to last because people want to, to live better, to function better, to be more efficient. And working from home is really a dream. And, um, of course, you want to be able to go outside and be inspired and, and do the regular things. But there's something really nice about it being at home, um, at least part of the time. I love being around people. I love being at my studio and collaborating with my teams and, and all the different consultants. Uh, I find it very uh, inspirational. But it is nice to be at home and, and have a moment and time to think and and have the opportunities to be creative. And, and that is time. Um, but I think that with this pandemic and, and looking at home, I think people want to be inspired at home and, and feel good. And I think it's going to really um, open up a lot of, of opportunities. How should we be thinking about our spaces, you know, as we <laughs> can't leave them? What can we do to make our spaces quarantine comfy or just more beautiful with, you know, we can't really order flowers. We can't, there's a lot that we can't bring home to brighten up our spaces um, over the course of the week. And, you know, most of us aren't shopping right now. 
but, and like adapting our homes to be the places that we work, that we don't leave, where we do all of our exercise. My house is starting to feel like a storage space where I'm just like, okay, well, no one's coming in here, so it doesn't really need to look beautiful. It just has to be functional. But I look around and I'm like, ew. Like, is there a way that, you know, you think we can think about coping with uh, being stuck in our houses from a design perspective? That, well, for example, with flowers, I loved going to the flower mart and, and working with a couple incredible florists in Los Angeles that I adore. And they're not available, of course, because of what's going on. And so just being creative, like foraging. And I have a wisteria tree that is in full bloom and I'm going to take advantage of that. And, you know, something that I wouldn't have done if this time did not exist. So you're gathering wisteria. Yes, gathering wisteria and doing something that I would not have done just in my normal work mode and just like existing in a gentler pace and enjoying life's moments a little more. It's just a little more, um, just a gentler pace, which I'm so loving and just enjoying being with my family and cooking with my husband and, and two boys and enjoying playing games and, and reading and just hanging out and fostering animals. We just did in January, um, we fostered this Dotson who was pregnant and brought her in and she stayed with us for two weeks. She had her babies here and she, you know, just having her for the two weeks prior to her giving birth, she really trusted us. And my sons and I helped deliver, uh, her babies. We were doulas and, um, it was so, so extraordinary. And, um, we just got all of them placed. Um, they left the day before yesterday and we have a new rescue coming. Um, it's a mom and four three month old puppies that were born in a shelter. And so and it's, it's just an incredible experience and having people over and just, you know, all the love and doing something good for, uh, these furry, beautiful creatures. So I want to talk just a little bit about your career because that's, I mean, you're Kelly Wurstler, right? Like I've, I've watched you for so long. I know I've DM'd you like, hey, can you give me some tips? And, you know, your answer should probably be, I don't do that for free, but I think you were like, send me photos. Let's talk on the yeah, phone. And we still have yet to do that. <laughs> um, and I'm a huge fan of your work. You have so many accolades. You're an author. You're a business owner. I'm curious because before all of this, right, there was Kelly who had her first job um, and there's jobs and then there's like ugh, jobs. What was your first crap job? My very first job was babysitting and we lived, I grew up in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina and we would, we had business cards made. And I was all about like making money and doing something and, and having money to spend of my own. And so I designed these little business cards and we had them printed on my um, family's printer at home. And then my sister and I walked down where all the hotels are and we gave them our business cards and we started getting all these calls for babysitting. Yeah, I was probably like 11 or 12 years old. Wow. 
So always an entrepreneur. Yes, yes. But my very, very first sales job <laughs> that that I actually was selling something was um, when I was about six or seven, uh, I had this little shop called the Bunny Shop. And I would make all of these little artful sculptures and drawings and make things out of paper and egg cartons and cans. And I remember having a can and making a robot and uh, just making all sorts of these really crafty, cool artifacts. And then when all of our family would come over, our cousins and grandparents and my family's friends, I would set up shop on the dining table and I would put little price tags next to everything. And the people would come and buy them. And it's so incredible. My mom, every birthday, sends me like two or three of her purchases from the bunny shop. Oh, So so I was there at that point, like I was, you know, I knew I wanted to do something creative. Of course, I don't know that I want to be a designer. I'm just, I have this outlet, like it made me feel so good drawing and creating things. And, um, and I just felt like I had my own business. And your mother had an interest in design. Yes. How did that influence you? Uh, Very much so. Um, She was always at auctions and she was really going to uh, flea markets, often thrift stores, all sorts of things like that. So really being around that uh, from an early age, I was um, just super curious. We would go to a flea market and I really enjoyed going and turning things over and seeing how things were made and looking at cool old books and magazines and walking around and sitting in different chairs and, and really love that um, and enjoyed that whole process. And you studied interior and graphic design, is that right? Yeah. So when I was in high school and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I, um, I knew I wanted to leave Myrtle Beach and uh, knew I wanted to go either to New York or uh, maybe Boston. And um, I wanted to study graphic design. That was kind of my first um, love, just looking at books and and album covers and um, and loved uh, graphic design. And so that's what I ended up studying for my first year and a half in, in college is uh, graphic design. And I feel like your art or I feel like your work is very graphic. Um, do you feel like graphic design shaped the way you think about 3D spaces? Yes. If you open up a magazine and you're inspired by something that's two-dimensional and it's powerful and it moves you and it's emotional. And that's why maybe I feel like the interiors, they're very like sculptural and there's pattern and there's color. And it's this graphic design background uh, of evoking emotion on two-dimensional has transpired into this three-dimensional space of making a interior and a space sing. And if someone wants a career in interior design, do you think we need to go to school for design? That's a really good question. And I have a lot of people who ask about that. And I think that you can be talented as a fashion designer and so very easily move into interior design or, or graphic designer and move into interior, interior design, you know, in, in any field. And I think if you're a creative and have a creative spirit, anything's possible. Uh, 
but having the background of how a interior design studio works and operates and, and how a building is built from the lighting and electrical and mechanical and engineering and structure. And, and all of that is, is really important because that helps you become a better designer. So I think that, yes, you can learn those skills working in a design firm, but I think that schooling is, is a, you know, critical part of the path of being a successful designer. Where do you pull your inspiration from? Everywhere. Um, from my closet <laughs> to, um, to nature, um, architecture, art, um, history, uh, contemporary, emerging furniture designers, uh, lighting designers, landscape. I mean, it, it's everywhere. It's really being aware of your surroundings and having an open mind. How do you assembble your inspiration? Um, it, do you use Pinterest? Is there, do you use like mood boards? What is the way that you actually put that inspiration in a place where you can start to play with it? Well, every project is different. Although I do start each project in, in the same, in the same manner. Um, but the inspiration, sometimes I will like, actually, I've not really been on Pinterest in, in months. Um, I've really been looking at a lot of my vintage and out of print books and new books and, and really looking at, uh, enjoying that, actually that process and that experience of getting off your computer and, uh, going to a gallery and going to a museum, going online and taking a walk. Uh, virtually through a museum. There's so many different ways and, and how it's organized. Um, I basically keep on my desktop, a folder of each one of my projects, and they are very specific to what the spirit of, of, of each project. Um, you know, I love all my clients, whether it's a residential project or it's a restaurant or it's a hotel they all have their own story and they all have their own voice. So the inspiration comes from many different places and it's all about organization as well. And that's why I do have these folders on my desktop that I filter everything in and they have subfolders. It's very organized because being a really great designer, you have to be organized and, uh, and have process. Okay, ShipStation. We know I love ShipStation. I think we all love ShipStation at this point. And ShipStation is incredibly important right now as we are looking online to do the majority of our shopping. There are so many small business owners right now who we should be supporting and want to support. And they are using ShipStation to get their products to you. And if you are an online seller and you're not using ShipStation, you should be. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders so you can keep your customers happy. Whether you're selling on your website, eBay, Etsy, Amazon, ShipStation will make your life so much easier by bringing all of those orders together in one place. You can manage them from your computer or even on the go with your phone. And ShipStation helps you figure out the best way to ship every package. You can create shipping labels for all the top carriers locally and globally, including UPS, FedEx, and USPS. 
as well as some international couriers making international shipping a total breeze and ShipStation offers discounts on shipping costs. The same postage discounts usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. That's pretty amazing. And at Girlboss, we've saved so much time by using ShipStation no more. Copying and pasting orders from a spreadsheet, it helps us get packages out the door with just a few clicks. And right now, Girlboss Radio listeners get to try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code GIRLBOSS. Make sure your business is ready to meet the demands of delivery culture. Get started at ShipStation.com today. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in GIRLBOSS. That's ShipStation.com, then enter offer code GIRLBOSS. ShipStation, make ship happen. I'm guessing you've been to the brand library up in Glendale? No. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's all art and architecture, landscape design. Like it's Oh, I have all... to go there. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, um, it's like a really beautiful building on this vast property it kind of feels like the griffith observatory and it's yeah it's called the oh, that sounds Library. amazing oh i have yes. to go it's really it's really beautiful um and you can check books out you can just sit there for hours i went with my friend who's an, who's a painter and we just we just took photos of the stuff in the books <laughs> um <laughs> to put on our just used our po- phones as, as pinterest boards yeah there's so many different places and i and i love pinterest but sometimes a lot of the images just start looking the same and, and I see that with like, say, for example, we have, uh, you know, internships or designers that are looking for um, going to a new firm. And a lot of times the inspiration images are the same. And that's why it's so important to really uh, diversify your inspiration uh, and, and really look at different places to, um, to be inspired and create your your visual voice. What do you think about this millennial design aesthetic with all the arches and the squiggles and the kind of like Ettore Satsas kind of references that we're seeing everywhere? Like, do you have an opinion of on that? I mean, I, I like, I like some of it. I really do. And I think that every, um, like just, I love emerging and, and young artists in design because they aren't, there's no right or wrong way. They do what they feel. Uh, some do it better than others. And, um, but, you know, I love all types of design. I think we can all grow from many different aspects of design and design styles. And I love history. I love Bauhaus to the millennial <laughs> movement uh, because you can, you can retain and be inspired by, by all of it. It's just knowing, uh, you know, what's really well done and what is, um, more iconic. Who would you say are your top three design inspirations? Like artists, you know, photographers, I don't know, philosophers, (laughs) designers, architects. Joseph Hoffman was a Austrian, uh, architect and he, touched everything from graphic design to pattern to furniture, uh, lighting, architecture, interiors. And he was like a true master and everything he touched was so seamless and really just when he had an idea, he committed to it and produced like some of the most iconic designs ever. He's one of my favorites. Um, also, I love 
um, Pierre Cardin, and he's another one. He's another designer that really crossover. I would say there these these heroes of mine are mixed media artists. Pierre Cardin touched fashion to interiors, furniture, sunglasses. He did cars and planes. Uh, he really was so well diverse in many different mediums that he applied his his visual aesthetic to. I also love um, Atari Satsis and his really iconic, playful uh, voice, color, architecture, incredibly confident. And he was the founder of the Memphis movement. And he, again, crossed over many different uh, genres of design, mediums, and he really created a iconic movement in design that is still so inspirational today. I have the squiggly mirror and a, 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 a vase that is a phallus that are both salt sass. Um, <laughs> I know that I feel like the squiggly mirror makes you yeah. look so good. Anything but it's also with like, that is paint. it played out? Like, is it played out already? No, it's a, it, no, nothing that is, I mean, that mirror has like stood the test of time. And it, I think, I mean, I know it's like amazing. And anytime I'm like, you know what, God, like, I just like, and looking like not, I don't feel good. And I go look at myself in that mirror. <laughs> it just, it makes you glow. It's, it's great. Um, but no, that, those are iconic pieces. They, they are, will never be overplayed in my, in my book. And you've said color is everything. I mean, that that's a designer that color is everything, literally. And your work is extremely colorful and graphic. How do we think about choosing colors that define our spaces and our businesses? And what kind of questions should we ask ourselves when we think about choosing colors uh, in the in the places we build around us? Color is so profound and really so important in our, our lives. And so if you look like, oh, Kelly does so much color and this pattern. And if you look at a project like Santa Monica proper, which is textural, it's every shade of neutral and it really tells a powerful story. And really there's, it's, it's a, ivories and oatmeals and sands and it's all very terracottas and very earthy colors where if you look at another project there could be a really gorgeous blue that has pattern and and multitudes of color and they all have their own uh their own voice and white is color so many people say, oh, well, it's just white. It's not a color, but it is a color. One of the most difficult colors to select is, is the right white. And whether it's, it's white that is applied to a wall or it is a fabric on a chair or the color of your bedding, they have to be in sync. They really do. And it is one of the most challenging colors. But it's really, it says so much about us. It evokes emotion. Uh, it tells a story. Color is, is everything. So I want to talk about your masterclass because you just launched your masterclass. What was that process like? 
masterclass was, it was something that I never would have ever thought about doing. And they approached us last, uh, I think like the end of last summer and said, you know, we've never done an interior design class and we'd love Kelly to do this. And I was familiar with masterclass and I'd actually watched a couple of them and, uh, you know, really enjoyed it. I think they have an incredible brand and I was just like, oh my God, there's no way I could do that. I'm not a teacher. (laughs) And, um, so we had a meeting with them and they are just like world-class. They're just total pros and, uh, really made me feel at ease. And we started to, uh, really meet of what the, this, this curriculum would be for, for this class that I was teaching and, you know, just so honored and, um, blown away with, um, just the, the energy of my studio that was so excited and, and, and masterclass. And so the process was really looking at what I want to teach and how to break that down. And there's everything from, uh, from lighting to how to use pattern to architecture and using how to use space, furniture, how to find your inspiration, uh, the business of design. And it was an incredible learning experience for me. It was also humbling and really like looking back at where I started and the journey and uh, wanting to tell that story. So I can empower anyone who wants to, whether you're in high school and you want to go to school for architecture or interior design and how you can pivot and change and go into another field and decide you want to, uh, move into another part of that, um, creative field. How has the launch been with Masterclass? Like, what was that like to to go live? You just went live, right? We went live last week, and it's been incredible. And just hearing people's comments and how they love the class and what truly inspired them and really specific comments were, you know, so nice to hear. I never thought I'd be a teacher. <laughs> but I guess I, you know, I love to, uh, you know, just at my team at, at the studio, I really love, uh, learning from them and, uh, and teaching them. And so it really taught me that, um, I really enjoyed that, that process of, of teaching and enlightening students and, and they enlighten me as well. And every person you hire now has to watch it. <laughs> It's like part of their onboarding. No, we're not. <laughs> uh, we we actually um, masterclass was great. They gave us um, like fifty fat passes, so we gave them all to the studio, and and we actually had some cameos from some of the team members in masterclass, and the whole studio was actually involved in some way or another, and uh, it was a real collaborative effort. What would your advice be for someone who wants to be an interior designer and doesn't know where to start? To really look at what moves you. So it might be art for somebody. It might be landscape or furniture design, uh, lighting, 
and really look at what excites you and, and maybe start there. Maybe you want to work at a gallery or work with artists and then transition into interior design. And I really recommend going to school, of course. Um, but there are many different avenues. And when you're in your journey or when you're on your journey, knowing that at any time pivoting can really enhance your career and, and just enjoy the process and don't feel like there's one specific way that you have to get there. I mean, I started out with graphic design. Um, I actually took many classes for a year in architecture, um, which I loved. And um, so there's no real specific direction. Just follow your heart, enjoy the creative journey. If we have a small space during this quarantine time and we want it to feel bigger, what can we do right now? Well, I really recommend um, Mirror is a, is a great room space enhancer and it could be a large mirror that's just leaning on the wall in one elevation. Uh, it could be a reflective surface, which could be a coffee table, it could be metal or, or glass, uh, and also paint, I mean, color. And to open up a space, I recommend high gloss paint because it really becomes more reflective and adds dimension to a space. And having furniture that's up on legs, things that aren't heavy and grounded, things that are a little more delicate light will also open up a space. Where, what, would you, what would your recommendation be for those of us who are looking to refurnish our places on a budget? Who, who makes great stuff? That's a question that so many people ask. Uh, you know, I love, there, there's so many places to shop online now and it's such an incredible tool. And there's First Dibs, which is a great source and it is high-low. There is Sight Unseen, which is an emerging furniture design, lighting design um, platform that also sells. It can direct you to, to the, the artist website. Um, there's Cherish, which is another great place. And, and I love Vintage, which is sustainable, which is really important. And I also love Emerging Artist. And all of those platforms celebrate both. There is um, House, there's Wayfair, uh, there's many different um, websites and, and also supporting your local flea markets, your local art shows that are in every city and looking at the talent that is in your, in your state and in your country. There's so much here. There's so many incredible artists that are fortunate enough with Instagram to have a platform to showcase their creative talents. I'm curious, you've designed hotels, homes, I'm guessing retail spaces, your own retail space. 
How do you think about designing a hotel versus a home? A hotel is a different animal. Um, it so, for example, a residential project. You're you're working with a a couple or a family or an individual. A hotel, you could be working with uh, a group of people. It's the ownership. It's the brand of the hotel. And so there are many different voices. So first and foremost is being a really good listener and what, what is the story they're telling, whether it's residential or the hotel, what is, what is the brand about and really listening to, to the program and a hotel, for example, have food and beverage, you have the guest rooms, you have all the common spaces. Um, and you're designing not only for the vacationer, the business traveler, you're also inviting your local community who also hangs out at hotels. So I always really consider the, the location, what is the architecture and being authentic to that city, I think is really important. If you go to Los Angeles, if you go to Santa Monica, you want to feel like you're there. You want to celebrate the, the location. And in terms of functionality is as a hotel guest, you want to have everything well-designed. You want to have everything as efficient as possible. So considering every space, how it's used. And it's actually really fun. When we start a hotel project, we create model rooms and so in a model room, you create exactly what it's going to look like. And I actually spend the night in the model room and I can experience and say, oh, you know what? Oh, that's not working. This needs to be closer to that. Or we need to add the shelf. Um, and, and it really helps. So just really listening and, and having like the most successful projects are the ones where the client is involved and there's, there's pushing back and there's taking in and, and it is, it's a collaboration and having clients, you know, I love it when a client says, you know what, I don't like that. And it's like, okay, no problem. There's a million other options. And I want to, at the end of the day, making the client happy is the most important thing. And it also says so much about them because they pushed me and I pushed them. All right, time for a quick break. If you've been following Girl Boss Radio this season, then you probably already know we've talked about how fashion still has a very long way to go before it's a truly inclusive industry. For instance, we know the runways usually don't reflect the kind of diversity that actually exists in this world. And when it comes to a fashion brand that designs for women of all sizes, well, we know that the options are super limited. But it doesn't have to be that way. And that's why I want to talk about Good American. Good American is a fashion brand founded by Emma Greed and Khloe Kardashian. And unlike other companies that like to pay lip service to the words diversity and inclusion, Good American makes these two things a core part of its mission. In fact, Good American is so committed to providing just the right fit that they designed an entirely new size 
based on customers' feedback, and that's size 15. Not to mention, they also have a unique casting call system that helps them curate a truly diverse roster of models. To find out more and see for yourself how Good American is making clothes for all women, go to goodamerican.com. That's goodamerican.com. So I know when I did my house, it just uh, went on for way too long. I took it down to the studs. I'm not sure why because it was like fine. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like in my 20s and I was like, I want the light switch there. (laughs) Uh, And I worked with an incredible designer and architect, uh, both LA creatives here. And they say that you can only get two of these three things. One is price, one is speed, and one is quality. I'm pretty sure I only got quality because it was really slow and it cost way too much. Do you believe that you can get price, you know, a good price a fast project and really great work like is that even possible yes and it depends on how complicated the project is so say you have an apartment and you want to have major impact and do something iconic and cool and it can be super pared down like you could have a chartreuse walls and a ebonized floor and put in the most sculptural sofa, coffee table, and chair in one piece of art. And it could just be so powerful. And it didn't have a lot of tricky details. The, say, the electrical remained intact. And you shopped smartly. Having a plan, mapping it out. And, and being organized, you know, they're all really important factors to making that happen. Are there any great online tools for kind of modeling out or mapping a room for ourselves? Yeah, there's, you know, there are a lot of um, websites and companies that enable you to take a photo and put things in via Photoshop. And those are helpful tools. Um, but you know, when shopping online and I still do this today, cause a lot of people buy things and they didn't look at the measurements and they get a chair and it's too small or it's too big or it's uncomfortable. And when we shop and say, for example, there's a pair of, uh, of Italian chairs that are really unique and special. And I want to bring them and show them a client. I always ask the dealer, Uh, or shop owner to have somebody sit in the chair and take photos of it from all elevations and maybe put a table next to the chair. And even if it's a dining table and you're looking at dining chairs, pair these elements together because it will help you with scale and to help you to make a more educated decision if this is going to work for you or not. So at Girlboss, we talk a lot about this concept of success, which can mean financial success, um, success with your family, right? Having the family that you want. Obviously, health, often it's financial and career and power and the things that people really value and reward and that I've seen me be rewarded for, even though that wasn't really what I necessarily thought success was. Everybody like pointed at me and they were like, that, you got, you got that. <laughs> But for us, we each have to decide, you know, def- define for ourselves what 
our concept of success is, and it changes. Um, and so what our concept of success was yesterday may not be what our concept of success is today. So Kelly, what does success mean to you right now? Having love in your life, first and foremost, because that's the fuel that gets you through your day, your month, your year, and and loving your family, your your job, where you live is is success to me. And we have this thing called girl boss moments. And usually we share these on Mondays. The team does. We go around in a circle and everyone shares their most recent girl boss moment of the week. And it's a lot <laughs> easier awesome. to have. I feel like it's like the whole what a girl boss moment is. It's like a moment in you know, time most recently that you were really proud of. Um, not It doesn't even have to be an accomplishment. It could be, you know, I bought a plant. But our girl boss moments have changed so dramatically in the last week. And for some of us, it's like, I stayed healthy or I managed my mental health because I'm been stuck inside for two weeks um, or I can't be around a family member who's knee who needs me right now. What would you say, Kelly, your most recent girl boss moment was? Well, it was last Sunday and I took my boys and we went on a hike in Malibu just to get out of the house and because they're in sports and of course there's nothing going on with that. And so let's go out, get exercise. It was cloudy outside and we just went on this hour and a half hike and we were like, you know what? There were all these wildflowers and it was so beautiful. And we, for the entire hike, just forged and gathered all these beautiful wildflowers and got in the car and went home and we assembled these vases and just doing something that's out of the box and they enjoyed it. They probably will never tell their friends they pick flowers at their mom, <laughs> but it was just, you know, it felt, it felt good. And it was just something that we normally probably wouldn't have done. And, um, it just felt great. Kelly, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? I have a Instagram and it's just Kelly Worsler. And my website is Kelly Worsler and I'm on Pinterest. Um, thank you so much for joining me today on Girl Boss Radio. It's been such a pleasure. Well, I'm so happy we made it happen. Well, that's it for our show today. I hope you feel inspired to tap into your creative energy, redecorate your home, and do something good for yourself today. You deserve it. Thank you, Kelly Worsler, for sharing your design wisdom with us. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. I also wanted to let you know that Girlboss Radio will be going on a brief hiatus. This is a great time to catch up on the hundreds of episodes you might have missed and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode when we come back catch you next time and hope you're staying safe and healthy.